Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Our country is in pain, and people are justifiably angry, demanding to be heard. The black community and all people of color have suffered in our country, and it has taken far too long for us to hear their demands for change. Our sport must do better. Our country must do better. The time is now to listen, to understand, and to stand against racism and racial injustice. All the things around social justice and diversity, equity, inclusion, the banning of the Confederate flag, those were my proudest moments working here. We needed to make a difference, in my opinion, because no one else was competing at that point. I read a prepared statement, and the, and the statement essentially said we need to do better, right? We, we need to listen. Um, we need to educate ourselves as to what's going on here. It was kind of a crazy Lou Gehrig thing because the PA system wasn't very good and it just, you know, kind of reverberating through the thing and addressed the crews and the, and the drivers and then a television audience. It was the start of a very important journey for our sport. of the Confederate flag. That was you, right? Well, I was my, my senior team. You know, Bubba Wallace and I had a lot of conversations in 2020. He showed incredible courage right. in the face of some very difficult circumstances. He always took the high road, never went to the gutter, which would have been easy to do, right? Yeah. I would say, you know, Bubba certainly had some stake in that, but it was really, we, we pulled together this... Uh, this diversity council made up primarily of, you know, people of color who work at NASCAR. The whole thing was listening to their stories about how difficult it is to work at NASCAR, where you have to say to friends and family, at least at the time, it's like, why do you work there? You know, that this is, you know, this isn't a place for us. And hearing the employees say, no, 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 you don't get it. We are a family. You know, we care about each other. We, they're really good people who work here. And then they'd point to, well, what about the Confederate flag, right? And they'd be like, ah, and, and that was hard. So after listening and one emotional thing that happened at the end by one of our employees, and I went to my senior team the next day and I said, we need to ban this flag, um, but I'm not going to do it unless you are all in, you know, all of you. And I want group think, if you think it's a bad idea for our sport, you tell, tell me, just raise your hand and we'll have a discussion about it. And to a person, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And I said, you know what? You signed up for something tough, but, but we're going to do it. We went to our owners. Uh, we have two owners, um, Jim France and Lisa France Kennedy. And they said, if you guys think this is the right thing to do, we're, we're behind you. 
there's always two sides. Sure. Like, everybody says there's right and wrong. Right. Sure. But do you know if you think it's wrong, somebody else thinks it's right. Like, sure. there's always two sides. Yeah. Did you get any emails? I don't know, social media, like, what, what did you say to people that it's were a stupid, up? Sorry, sorry, you know, we but, kinda, but, we're but, not but, real but, corporate on the show, Steve, but you know he got emails. That's what I'm saying, but I want to ask, what, like, what did you say to those people that were upset? There were people, I even saw, social media, people were upset about their, their, the Confederate flag being taken sure. down. It's one of those situations where, one, I would say to a person that made that decision, it, it all made us feel proud. Right. right. And we all actually thought it was the right thing for our business, too. Um, were there people who, who called in and or wrote letters and, um, you know, canceled their tickets? Yeah, there were. Um, but that was a very, very small minority of people. See, but Chan, you and I can have this conversation, a real comfortable conversation around this. You're from Georgia. Yeah. Right. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, but I lived right off of Memorial Drive in 78. Why is that significant? Literally a mile up the road was Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain Park, right? That's where we lynched and hung slaves and black people, right? So every day, the people I went to school with at Stone Mountain Middle School, my buddies that I was in a locker room with that I loved had these flags. That was their culture. We went to their houses. Yep. How many times you went to high school football games and your buddies on your team had those flags back, on their truck? Back in the pickup truck. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, so, you know, it, I think 2020 highlighted for a lot of people and it started, we started these conversations where it was like, look, do you know the origin of this flag and what that means? I mean, for black and white people, because a lot of us, from a culture standpoint, like we walk, how many times we walk down Memorial Drive or walk to you know, we saw yeah. those flags and we didn't think any, no, thinking anything of it or we weren't uncomfortable. To that point, it's not what it means to you. That's if right. you can open up your mind, what it means to other people, what yeah, it means it. to me. That's exactly what we did, which is have people appreciate, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And I actually remember having a conversation with Bob and I told him, hey, we're going to ban the flag. And he's like, that's really cool. And it, it's it's the right thing to do. He said, you know what? I grew up in Alabama. Right. He said, I didn't really think about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal to me, but it was a big deal for a lot of people, right? That's right. And, and that's the point. If you walk a mile in someone else's shoes and you say, hey, you know what? If this flag is making me uncomfortable, why would you want it on your property, right? right. Why would you want it in a place where people are going to gather? And, and that was really why I thought it was the right thing to do. And, and I would say this, the, the results of that as a business have been extraordinary. Right. Um, we've opened up an aperture to a brand new fan base. Um, right. And that, that part is exciting, right? Not only mm -hmm. fan base, but diverse ownership. You see no Michael question. Jordan yeah. come right. in, new partners. Yeah. So it did a lot for the sport. I mean, I know Alvin Kamara, yeah. right? Like he comes in. And I know that was a big thing for Alvin. It was, you know, it's like, man, I would never go to a race or tune in because of the Confederate flag. So I think it did a lot for not only the fan base, but when you go back to the business. No, I agree. And I think for us, that started us on this, you know, this path to really lean in right. to diversity, equity, inclusion. And we've done so much. We did a lot before, frankly, as I saw it, is you kind of are on this continuum to be the most open right. sport, right? And where we were, and we were, we had, you know, drive for diversity program, the crew chiefs, you know, right. like, yep. like Rocco. 
no matter what we did, mm -hmm. no matter how good the programs we had, right in the middle of like, like this massive boulder, right? And it was the Confederate flag. Right. And once we were able to eradicate that from our, from our facilities, then you could continue the path. Well, right? you still have a huge boulder. Sure. <clears throat> you know what that boulder is? I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We grew up watching the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> right? We yeah. grew up watching the Baltimore Ravens. There isn't a track around us, right? So I was fortunate enough because my uncle, who's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Uncle Clinton, for years, Brandon, go to a race, go to a race. If I show you his backyard, he has all the flags of all the tracks he's been to, like almost 16 of them. I think you guys own 17 maybe. So we, we own we own 12. You own 12. Okay, so he has he's been to like almost all races, yeah. right? And everywhere he goes, he has a flag. And I'm like, Unc, like, I'm not going to a race, right? Get cut by the Saints, have nothing to do. You know, I'm sitting on my butt. And I'm like, all right, Unc, I'm going to go. And I go to Daytona 500. Didn't know this was the Super Bowl, right, in the, of this sport. Yep. Didn't know that. Blown away by my experience. As soon as I heard the, the engines, the driver, start your engines. It's like, whoo! And then it's the whole experience in Kyle Busch, and that's why I love Rowdy. I know, you know, it's mixed reviews on Rowdy, but his wife, Samantha, like she put me into the, what you call it, the pit box. Yeah, yeah. So I experienced it from a different angle, and that was my first time, and that's how I fell in love with this sport. But, you know, that boulder that I'm talking about is how do we reach our communities where there isn't a track and people don't have access to NASCAR because it is a beautiful sport and Chan will debate me on if it's a sport or not, but that's another show. <laughs> but that, that, how are we attacking that where we're expanding and exposing our people or just people don't, that don't have the access to it? That's a good question, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to find opportunities to race in different places. So we came out with our 2022 schedule. Ooh. We decided that we were going to race an exhibition race, it's called the Bush Clash. And instead of doing it in Daytona, we're gonna do it in the LA Coliseum. You're a smart guy. So we'll, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> I just said, hey, I think that's a good idea. Let's right. try to do it. Yeah, that's right crazy. Yeah, so, smart, so, smart people with smart people around them. Right. So we, we essentially, what we'll do is we'll pave a track inside, right? So we're not Ooh. racing around the Coliseum, we're racing in the Coliseum. Oh, that's wow. gonna be cool. And that's gonna be really cool. But it's not just there, it's like, we expanded to go to St. Louis, right? right? We hadn't raced our cup series in St. Louis. We went to Road America, certainly rural, um, but finding different places to right. race, and that's what we're trying to do. I think there's a lot to learn from my experience as well. When we're bringing in people that haven't been exposed to the sport, that they experience it with people that can actually navigate them sure. through what it is and educate, because it is cool. No, I think that's an important thing, right? Having a someone who was kind of like your Sherpa that takes you through the paces right. of what to do. Like right. I, I was fortunate, you know, Alvin came to the race in, in, in Miami. Right. And I spent, I don't know, 45 minutes with him and, right. and his folks. And I took them through kind of, this is what you should expect. Here's the strategy. And, and he was fascinated by it. Right. Um, it was pretty funny because we finished that 45 minutes and he said to someone, he's like, who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> he was sure nice enough to show me what the, right. you know, yeah. show me the ropes. But that's important. It is for most people, right? This, and this is, pisses me off when they say this. Oh, this guy's making left turns. That's him. What are you talking about? That's him. Did you not watch the Bubba Wallace episode? What Fred did running back, what they did wide receiver. That's the same thing as what you do in the I can be a car? running back. I can be a wide receiver. Bubba. You're going to doubt him right here in front of you? I got to doubt him. 
I'm not saying at that level, but I can do it. You can't even do it at the beginner level. What I do? I couldn't drive a car and turn left. No. Competitively? No. You're talking to that guy. So. No, no, no. I know who I'm talking oh. to. <laughs> <laughs> I see why you turned the other way now, Steve. <laughs> There's a ton of strategy. There, these guys are athletes. You strap into, like, Dover and you race for four hours in Dover, the, the right. demands on your body when you are trying to, you know, go, you know, 190 miles per hour yeah. and you're, you're dropping down when you're coming out of, you know, turn two and turn four. And it, it just, the G-forces that exist. Oh, by the way, and there are 39 other guys on the track trying to beat the crap out of you, right? right. Banging on you, trying to win. And you, yeah. and you speak, the drivers are athletes. Most of the time when you watch NASCAR, the drivers, are, they're the gods, right? They get all of the credit. Sure. But they have a team, a team around them. They do. Right? Then they have their car, right? And then you have the pit crew. Do you think NASCAR, will, will there ever be a need for a union? You know, because you talk about diversity and inclusion, sure. the, the pay scale yep. for, for the pit crew. You know, a lot of times they, well, the conversations that I've heard, they feel that, you know, they, they feel that they're a bigger piece of the pie. Sure. That, so they should get a bigger yeah. piece of the pie. Sure. You know, so do you think there will ever be a need for a union uh, like you know, other sports? Yeah, that's really, you know, frankly, it's up to them, right? Okay. And um, if that's the direction that they go in, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to, to navigate that the right way. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't contract with the, with the pit crews that's done between the teams. The teams, right? got it. And the drivers have their own needs and wants. Right. And, and, but you're, you're right, Fred. You know, our sport, listen, stick and ball sports for sure. It's all about the team too, mm -hmm. right? right? You know, guys that are scoring, guys that are, you know, defense, whatever it is. Um, for us, you can't win without a good pit crew. You can't, right. right? You can't win without a good car. And so it's all these different pieces. You need to have the right driver who's got the right talent a great pit crew, and a great car. So it's something that's, excuse me, I'm sorry, I just had a thought. Sure. Because we talk contracts in our sport. We have agents, marketing agents, yep. et cetera. You know, something that just uh, uh, quickly jumped out to mind was that for the pit crew, if they had, whether agents or rep representing body, right, to go in there and say, if, if your team hits these marks, you're entitled to 10% of the sponsorship dollars, right. you know, Pro, uh, divvied up amongst the, the, the team or the pit crew. Is that possible? Like these type of conversations, because someone, if, if they feel that they're not being paid, sure. you know, amp, the, the right amount of money, yeah. it should be someone in there representing them. Yeah. You know, but we have someone in our sports that'll go in there sure. and facilitate that for yeah. us. Listen, I think, and I'm a little bit out of my element because I don't have those conversations, right? So we do have conversations, obviously, with team owners and tracks that we don't own and our, you know, our auto manufacturers, those are all folks in you know, kind of in what we do and the discussions that we have. We, you know, we don't have a ton of conversations. Like, listen, I know a lot of the, the crew guys. Right. And they're great guys. They do a phenomenal job. Um, and they're, you know, they are athletes. It, it's crazy what they do and how quickly they do it, right? So it's, think about a car coming in and getting service, right? You jack up the car. Take off, essentially, two tires on one side, put another tire on, 
do this. Oh, we tried it in Charlotte. We all suck. No, no, and, I ain't suck. And put a you was terrible. Was we bad. was sweet. We was racing. We tried it in Charlotte. I've done it too. I did. Did you get it under 12 seconds? Y'all get the car out in 12 seconds? No, I just had to. They just. I just had to put the tire on. Well, that's that part is, of it. That's no, hard. I know, but I was, yeah, well, I wasn't good. <laughs> All right, look. But so are you an athlete? <laughs> Do you golf? Uh, I golf. I think uh, you're an athlete. You grew so, up playing what sports? Mostly basketball. You got a shot still? You still play? Sure, I can. I can. You shoot. still play? I don't. So I had. I was playing. And oh, I, don't give me no excuses. No, 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 let him talk about the knees. I respect knee injuries, Steve. Patella tendon rupture. Oh wow. Kneecap right in half. Broke it right in half. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then Achilles tendon, rupture. You that know one what didn't that means? hurt. You know what that means? You're just a spot-up shooter now. <laughs> just go out there and be Barack Obama. No, Barack. Be, be clapping in the corner. President Barack Obama <laughs> be doing too much. Whistling. All right, look, look. I'm open. You're up there, Commissioner Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, some of the most powerful people in American sports, right? And NASCAR, you guys led the way. You know, first to bring back live sports, first to return to competition, first to safely welcome fans, first to complete a full season. I guess my question for you is, like, how difficult was 2020 for you as a leader? It was really hard. We stayed as long as we could open. We were supposed to race in Atlanta that weekend. The trucks had actually unloaded in our truck series in Atlanta, and it became clear that we were done. So we shut it down on that Friday. I think the, the biggest hurdle really was just the unknown of of what to do next, right? We'd never been there before. No no sport was. I mean, last year was unlike any other year. So we've missed races, you know, because of weather or, you know, fires and uh, and some other things, but nothing like this, right? And it was really just that, what are we going to do here? And so I had a senior team of about five people. They came back to work on that Monday and we developed a plan for how we're going to get back to racing um, right. and all different parts of the industry had to come together in order to make that happen right but we were down for 71 days before we came back on may 17th at darlington and i was probably as nervous about that race as any sporting event i'd ever been to just because you know was it going to work where we going to get shut down and you had to work hard with you know governments and then the teams getting ready and right all these different things that had to come together. And it worked. And I got calls from different people in sports and heads of sports to just say, hey, we're, we're rooting for you. And, and I believe that to be true. Right? People like who? Well, I spoke to, to Mark Tatum um, at the NBA. Uh, I spoke to a couple NFL guys, Jay Monahan from the PGA Tour. You know, we're all in this together. Don Garber from, from Major League Soccer. Did you guys, like, band together? Was there ever, like, a committee? What, like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, a room where you guys, a war room. Like, guys, what are we going to do? Because that's sport? the thing. People, right. people like, it, every, there's heads everywhere. You talk about yeah. Goodell, you brought up Adam Silver. Sure, but, like, sure. people run these big corporations, these, these billion-dollar companies. Yeah. Do y'all talk? Like, do y'all say, hey, I'm doing this? And they're like, okay, <laughs> Steve, go get them. Let's see what happens. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, guinea pig. Good luck. <laughs> right. No, we, we, we did for sure. Like, you know, we're, we're a little more similar to the PGA Tour, right, because you have kind of independent contractors right. that are coming out and doing their things. The leagues are different, right? And, and I think— Well, explain you know, we, that because you, you're, let's assume, like, you know, a lot of us, we're trying to learn the sure. sport. So when you talk about league versus independent— Yeah. So I, I would think of it this way. We don't own ourselves— so stick and ball sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, whatever. 
when you're a team owner, you own one thirty-second of the NFL, right? And you make decisions as those group of 32 individuals, yeah. right? We're different. We are a sanctioning body that owns tracks, but there are other tracks that we have that we don't own, right? So we have to partner with them. There are teams that we don't own, right? They, they own themselves. They contract with the drivers. So we have to get a whole group to come together in order to solve for something. And so on the one hand, it was more difficult because you don't own yourself, right? right. On the other hand, it was easier because we had some built-in advantages that others, like the NBA, doesn't have, right? So they're they're playing in shorts and you know and uh, tops, and they're banging into each other and sweating and all that deal. Right. Our, our guys, crew guys, wearing full uniforms, PPE, right? Because they got their helmets on, their head socks, right. drivers strapped into their cars. So that was a competitive advantage we have versus other sports. That's that's interesting. Because- I wonder if uh, the NFL actually tried to learn from uh, you guys because remember when we talked about bringing back and pushing forward with the NFL, we talked about putting those protected visors on, everybody would wear it. So I wonder if... And Andy Reid looked ridiculous. <laughs> Andy Reid had that big helmet on with all that and the strap across his chest, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. But so he like, didn't care. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So last year, 2020, we talked about 2020. Another thing we ain't talk about Next gen. Mm. Some people are extremely happy. Some people pissed off. Tell me about next gen and what we're going to see in 2022. Actually, not sure who's pissed off, but I, I will. I don't know. I just made that up. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but, but would it be I, my, my understanding? I was going to say, yeah, my understanding, Steve, is that, like, there's purists of sports. Yeah. There's purists. And my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the big money teams have more money funneling down to make these super cars. And we were at a race in Homestead, and I there was a break in the race. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, was it Chase Elliott? You were talking. Whoever was in number twenty-four car. Who's twenty-four? Chase or uh, uh, no William Byron? Was it? Was it William? I, I just know it was number twenty-four, and I said, "What number? The twenty-four car is faster than the rest of these cars." Right. And I didn't know how to say it, but I was like, watch what happens when all right. of them take off. And he said, yum, 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 yum. And took to the front. I was like, bro, they can't compete with him. Yeah. So, but like, there's people, I don't know, that enjoy that. Yeah, so here's what I would say. So, big teams, you look at our playoffs right now, it's dominated by, by three teams. Um, Who's those three teams, Steve? Joe Gibbs Racing, Penske, and Hendrick Motorsports. Hendrick. So, you've got, Ooh. conveniently, our three uh, three auto manufacturers. You, yeah. You've got four right now in the random trial, four that are in from each, which is good. So probably some crazy conspiracy theory that I've just right. created right here. But <laughs> so, the, but the next gen car actually right. will take what you just talked about, Jen, and it will make it actually better. So what happens is this car is going to look cooler than the, the existing car. It just looks cool, right? It looks like a showroom car right. that's souped up, right? It will have pieces and parts that if we wanted to build a car, you could build this car, um, which is awesome. So it looks better. It'll have more relevance, right? Right now, the way the sport works, like so Michael Jordan comes into the sport or Pitbull and Justin Marks, they had to partner with existing teams in order to make their cars. Now with the next gen car, the pieces and parts will come from a vendor. So what the teams need to do is just put it together. Mm. So you don't have to partner with one of the existing teams. And that would be good. It's good for ownership. That's interesting. It'll allow you to control your own destiny, right? So Michael Jordan's team come in 2311. 
They have to contract with Joe Gibbs Racing, who builds their cars for them, right? So once it gets back to their shop, you know, they, they tune on it and, and get it to where they think is the right deal to get the car set up right. But by and large, that is coming from Joe Gibbs Racing, wow. and the engine's coming from Toyota. Well, you just so, what, you just uh, said something interesting. Michael Jordan's team, 23 and 11. 23-11. 23-11. Right, so the mm-hmm. 11 is Denny Hamlin's portion of that team. Okay, what so, about, all right, well, I kind of misspoke a little bit. 45. 45, the new car coming in. So they, they're going to have... Is that Kurt Busch? That will be Kurt Busch. Yeah. Right, and so Kurt Busch, I think, will... Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Really help Bubba because he's a he's a championship, um, you know, winning driver, and he's he's a really he's a smart guy, and and really I think will help. Um, really helped that 2311 well, Which is interesting. We can go, there's so much to talk about there. NASCAR fans, sorry, I'm learning, right? So you guys got to teach me this. But we were at Daytona, the Coca-Cola 400. Coke, Coke Zero <laughs> Sugar 400. You got to get Coke right. Zero 400. But what happened zero is, sugar. Sugar. Zero Bubba, sugar. come on, Bubba. <laughs> Listen, I was there. Misha and I was there, bro. Bubba, man. I mean, he was just, he was having a good day, and then all of a sudden, kind of faded to the back, and, and he's kind of making his way through, and he gets up to 12, he gets up to 11, position 11, whatever, and then all of a sudden, he drops back, and we're like, ah! And then it was like those last 15, 20 laps, he just got himself up to like top five, one, two, three, and Bubba is right now, is out there by himself. Now you're bringing in Kurt Busch, you know, car 45 or whatever, y'all, how do y'all say that? Yeah, 45 car. 45 car. So I think that's interesting. To help out Bubba. No, I think it's good. And I think typically at a race like Daytona, the reason why you need help is because it's a drafting track. Right. So you have to draft. And what the drafting help needed to come from another Toyota. The only other Toyotas in the field are Joe, are Joe Gibbs racing cars. Right. And if they've crashed, he has no one, right? So the good thing for Bubba, he finished second in that race. Yeah, good, oh my goodness. That was the good thing a good for race, Bubba bro. is that Bubba! when he gets down to the end, 
it doesn't matter who your teammate is, you're yeah. you're gonna go right because right. it's like, hey, I was I've been your teammate for 159 laps. On the 160th lap, I'm on my own, right? Because right. I'm here to win this race. Right. This right. isn't a team orders thing. This isn't a you know uh, auto manufacturing. Thing. It's like no, I'm going forward. And he's great at those tracks. I think he's got a good gift for where to be. It's one part skill on a track like that, and it's, and it's one part. Yeah, a lot of skill right. getting through yeah. those crashes. And Steve, it's crazy. It's talking about this and the logistics side, the business side, everything that you have to be a part of yeah. as the president. What does NASCAR look like in your, in I would say, perfect world? We know it's not. 10 years, 20 years, whatever that, like, yep. big picture thinkers sure. are in a position of you. Yep. You're speaking to this out of the drafting and top four positions, fighting each other like me. I look at the camera, too. I'm learning as well, NASCAR. <laughs> but what, what, what is that vision? What is that big vision of you and your team 10, 20 years down the road? Yeah, I mean, for us, we've had growth over the last three years, which feels really good. Because we, we were on a, we're going to be completely honest, we were on a downward trend. We got to 2018, and, and really, we touched the bottom. Right. And since then, we've been coming up, uh, which very gratifying for anyone who works at NASCAR within this industry. There's a pride that we have that it's we kinda, turn, turn which, this around. Which is kind of interesting because it was 2018. You took over. You were president. <laughs> yeah. And then all that's of a all, sudden. Right. Not that's all. Right. Right. Yeah, be modest. That's Let's all get into this. Why you be modest? Let's Let's be TV ratings down across all American sports. NASCAR maintained, stabilized. Yeah. So we- okay, Steve, come on, give me some. Baby, talk that talk, Steve. Talk that Steve. Let's go, baby. It's you know, <laughs> it's a team effort. That's all I'm gonna yeah, say. It's not my deal. I would say so. Back to the question, so I can get off this one. Uh, you know, for us, we are stronger as a sport now in a post-COVID world than we were before. It was huge to be the first sport back. It was huge to be the first sport back with fans. What happened with the banning of the Confederate flag, the social justice and the, and the DE&I efforts that we have had, that was the seminal moment for our sport. And when you look back 20 years from now, it will be June of 2020 that changed the face of this sport, literally and figuratively. And so as I wow. think about finishing my career here, I see continued growth for our sport. We're a great sport. It's fun. We are different than other sports, um, right. and we have our own unique thing. Um, but I, I think we're going to just continue to grow. This this next-gen car is a big part of that, too, and new ownership. We're going to have new ownership continue to come. It makes us better. It makes us stronger, uh, and that's what happens. And I think taking care of the fans who've been us, with us for decades, right, and then nurturing those fans that are new to the sport and have them understand how great this sport is. That, that's what I think, as I see in 10, 15, 20 years from now, that we'll just do more of that. We have to continue to innovate. If you stand still, you get passed by. And so we'll have to continue to do that, whether it's a next-gen engine, right, that might be a hybrid engine, um, or you know, continue to find new places right. to race. We just have to stay aggressive and be bold, right? You go to the L.A. Coliseum, that's a bold play, right? If we get it wrong, that would be bad for our sport, right? But you've got to be aggressive, and that's what we're going to do. We've got to continue to be aggressive. Is there a chance that NASCAR could 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 uh, implement uh, electric vehicles ever? 
Oh my goodness! I mean, Craig. I want to know. Craig. No, 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 no. That's a, it's oh, a those good. Those are some fast no, no, ass Craig. cars, man. Yeah, you want you want Elon Musk and Tesla? I don't get in the game. I don't know how it works. I'm asking a question. How you gonna charge a battery in 12 seconds? Bro, it might be some other type of. You might be removed the battery. Fred, it's a good question. So here's what I would say. There are all kinds of. Sound is such a big part of our sport, right? Yeah. right? And yeah, there's yeah. a tradition, a history that comes with a, you know, what they call an ice edge, an internal combustion engine. I think what we'll do in the interim, you know, in three or four years, probably three, is is to have an internal combustion engine that's that has a hybrid piece to it, an electrification piece to it, uh-huh. but it'll still sound like right. one of our cars. Got it. Um, could we have? I think we. Like a yeah, we may, race, we may try like out something. doing like an exhibition type deal. That's right? what I'm saying. Like just and something you have, different. You don't have competitive pit stops, but you know we we need to make sure we're owning a space that someone else could take. Steve, and that's what good business does. Steve, Steve, yeah, I'm sure. all about innovation. I'm with you. I'm a trailblazer. You've been crushing it, but you keep you listen to Fred. I just asked. He's, he's not listening. I asked the question. Oh, I'm gonna get messy for Steve. All right, we're gonna end the show like this. Okay. All right. Because there's so much we can talk. We can go on for another hour with you, right? Because we all share something in common. We share the NFL fraternity, right? You were there for 14 years, but you started back in 1990. Marketing guru, Washerman <laughs> Media Group, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you went to the NFL for 14 years. We all crossed paths, right? So give me your top five NFL players that you came across. And you don't have to put it in no order. You don't have to give any reason why, but give me your top five NFL guys that you work with. Or just fans. So you talking about so, on the field? Yeah, when well, he was there in the NFL for 14 years. Or that's a good because yeah. there's a good distinction, right? Because yeah. that's, that. that's the conversation we had earlier. Oh, remember? Say, I would, here, yeah. Here's what I would say: the complete, complete package of both a marketing person as well as uh, an athlete would, would probably be Peyton Manning. Yeah. Ooh. And and he was he was such a nice guy, like off the off the field. I remember one time his brother, Eli, went to the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. and he got a ride on, on you know, a private plane and we took him somewhere. I was actually on that plane. Could have been nicer. And it, he sent a handwritten note at the end of it. I'm like, those are good parents that you yeah. have. So, yeah. and, and that, that, that was Peyton as well. Mm-hmm. So, but I would say back to the original on the, on the field, you know what? So you got Peyton as one, you got four more. <laughs> You don't uh, have to go into deep stories, but that was I'm a really trying, good story. People were going to love that. Peyton's so a good one. 20, uh, I will say this. At one point or another, both of you have been on my fantasy football team. So <laughs> I'm just saying that. Big dog. And right, I'm sure a defense that, right. that, that you were okay, Steve. So I, I know I'm better at this than football. Like, we, we've established that in the first two seasons. You good. <laughs> I, you know what? It's That's no, hard. Come on, just give me some names. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. You got Reggie Bush. You got Adrian know, uh, Peters. Who made, who made your job easier? Like, Peyton made your job easier. Who else made your job easier? I'll, okay, I'll give you some Four names. More. I'm going to go... Uh, Ten seconds. Two-minute drill. I'm going to go uh, Barry Sanders. Be- oh, that's Ooh. my favorite. Yeah. Ooh. That's mm. who inspired me. That was my hero. Go ahead. Ooh. John Elway. John mm. Elway. Okay. Okay. Still in the game. Still in the, still in the league. Yep. Okay. Two more. This is hard. Come on, baby. Two more. They ain't going to call you. They ain't going to text no, you. No, they may. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Emmett Smith. Oh, Emmett. All right. He's a gator now. He's a gator friend. Yeah, yeah, long, yeah, long, long they both gators. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I gotta go Jerry Rice. Wow. Whew. All right. And now you, I'm about see, to get. See the, go, go the, the group, the category of guys he named. 
Right. right? Those guys were great players. Those are Hall of Famers. And, and, Hall of Famers, for sure. But they were also great at marketing and helping, helping the game. Because we had a conversation earlier. When I was a young player, I didn't do a lot to help my market, right? Yep. Because I would turn down opportunity, five grand, ten grand. I just made five million. I'm good. Right. But I was ruining relationships. I didn't realize that. You know, I wouldn't say ruin. I would say establishing. I wasn't a, a guy that they can make a call to that would show up every time. That's what I mean by the lack, you know, the lack of not taking advantage of certain relationships. So we had that conversation, and every right. guy you just named. That first, not that I wasn't a first-class guy. I was young. I was moving around, thinking of having fun. I didn't understand that side of the business. Tell them what you some guys. When, when Steve, oh, was I was called. in Miami. He was in Miami hard, partying. Steve, <laughs> partying. But you grow up, right? So we had a conversation. We wanted to know if the drivers in your sport, yep. how does that marketing work when they're getting a sponsorship? Do they have marketing agents like we have? Yeah, marketing agents, and you know, do they show up? Like, are they? they are, do. Receptive. They do, and they, they, they know that they need to show up, right? So there are two different sponsors that they have. One will sponsor their car, and then they have their own personal services agreement with different okay. brands, right? And so they need to make sure they're doing what they need to do for their owner and, and, the, and the sponsors on their car. And then they get paid additionally by the other sponsors who are, who are sponsoring them. So, And it's important, right? And it's important for the sport. Like, right. you're in the NFL— they have 1,600 players at any one time that are either helping to market the sport or, or the other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's both a competitive advantage they have and a disadvantage, right? So there are 1,600 players that could do some bad stuff and some bad apples that, that don't make the league Correct. look good. Right. Mm-hmm. We have a teeny tiny number of people who are responsible for trying to build the sport, right, and trying to drive it forward. Every single driver we have, it's important for them to do it, whether you're talking about social content, just being available to do, you know, different promotional opportunities or media interviews. And it, it's important for us because we have such a small community. And the guy like me, I, I, they were locking me up. I left my truck on the side of the road. Like, as a, as a marketing guy for the NFL, like, when you see those stories, the, 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 the Channing stories, do you just slap your head? You wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm, I'm in Alachua County Jail. Do you just slap your head and just... <laughs> I think, you know, listen, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, it, when you have stories that pull against the league, that's not ideal, yes. right? So, and yeah, I think there's a little bit of a... Oh. <laughs> well, how'd we get, how'd we get here, right? And yeah. what, where do we get to the point where that was a good decision, right? The answer was women in Hennessy. So, <laughs> I hear it. So I'll tell you a quick story. When I was at the NFL, we had a, one of our sponsors was Visa, and they went and shot. I can't tell you who the player is. They had a million-dollar commercial shoot, right, for Visa, right? They got a one player in the spot. Right. And the one player showed up about an hour late, and it was an all-day shoot. And he shoots for about, I don't know, 60 to 90 minutes. He gets to about lunch, right, because he's supposed to start at, like, 8 or 9 right, right. or whatever. And... He just starts leaving. They're like, and I was there like, what's up? So, you know what? I'm going fishing. Oh, wow. They, they're at a million, a million dollar shoot. I'm going fishing. Who's this player? You want to guess? You want to yeah. do it? Everyone gets a guess. Brett Favre? No, no, no. Let me guess. I'm going to say my guy. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like a Randy Moss move. It wasn't Randy Moss. Okay. It was a, he was a buck. 
Tampa. Oh, I know everybody. I know knows. exactly who it is now. <laughs> yeah, now you know. Big now, now you know. know. Yeah, yeah. Side. Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. <laughs> Big dog. You already know he fit right. That sounds like yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Truly, this is it. The names that you listed. Yep. Your top five NFL players. Comparison. Driver. So Peyton. Mm. Who's Peyton. Pey- who's the Peyton of NASCAR? The current driver. Because a former you, driver, you can go, you can go current former, and former. Former driver would be Je- Jeff Burton. Right. Just kind of a very level-headed, very you know, great, great driver. Right. But I'd go Jeff Burton. Okay, Barry Sanders. I'm going to go Kyle Busch. Really? Whoa. Wow. Now I'm gonna, I'll tell you what, I, because I think Barry Sanders is one of the best running backs of all time. Right. If not the best, and I think Kyle Busch is one of the best drivers of all time, if not the best. Oh, right. He, he, been, he was down. He was down until, guess what? We brought him on I Am Athlete Podcast. He was down getting his butt kicked for about a year and a half. Then he started winning. <laughs> yeah. He still, like, you know, he ain't had a year he won, but he bounced back. All right. I love that. That's my guy, Rowdy. John Elway. See, that's a tough one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Jimmy Johnson. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, incredible talent. Um, you know, Elway likes to bet a lot. Jimmy's not a big better. Right. Elway was more of a scotch guy. Jimmy's more of a tequila guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Love you. <laughs> but, it, um, and I would say, I would say both like to have fun. Right. Love mm-hmm. it. Emmett Smith. I would say. Emmett uh, Smith is just like kind of just consistent. I was just same consistent, word. right? Yep. You know what you're going to get out of Emmett every single right. game. Right. I'm going to go Joey Logano. Joey Logano. Mm. Joey, can't wait to get you on the show. Joey, uh, we saw the Twitter battle between you and Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush was on the show, and Kyle said, you know, y'all go at it. And you responded, you're like, let me get my side of the story. So, Joe, we can so, get you. So, I think, and I take, I'll get just quick go why, ahead. right? Because I don't know Emma Smith very well, but I've met him a couple times. He's sharp, right? right and yeah. he just, he's, you know, obviously an incredible talent, Hall of Famer and all that. But he's just, I think he does a really good job with his own brand. And... I think he cares about that sport. Joey Logano cares about this sport. I'd say Joey's a little more, when he's out of the car, phenomenal guy, right? right? You know, smart, you know, cares about this sport. When he's in the car, he doesn't give it. He has that switch. That's what <laughs> Rowdy said the same thing. He doesn't yeah. care. said he'll come up to you, he'll buy you a nicer. drink, he'll Couldn't be, be nicer, the nicest guy right, in the world. Right. When you get, on the, get in the arena, he's going to... I don't care who you are. Right. I'll take you I, and out. I respect that. Yeah. J- Jerry Rice. That's the GOAT. That's yeah. tough. Like, well, then go, you got to go I'm You gotta go. go to GOAT. That's gonna, GOAT talk. I'm going to go. Who's uh, the GOAT of NASCAR? I, I got to go uh, Richard Petty. There we go. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's enough said. There Thank you go. It's my last question for you. Marketing executive of the year, finalist for Sports Journal's executive of the year, NASCAR League of the year, the, your finalist in all those categories. What does that mean Ooh. to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's why he doesn't want to get messy. He doesn't want to get messy. Modest is, is commendable, but Here's Steve, what I would say. And I'll go, I'm going to go bold on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we actually won the league, Sports Business Journal's League of the Year. Yeah. We won it. Yeah. And we won it because of what an entire industry did last year. Mm. Wasn't one person for sure, right? I just have the good fortune to, you know, to be able to shepherd the sport right now, right? And, it's, and it's a, it is a privilege. But it was a sport that came together. We didn't win that award, 
My colleagues at NASCAR didn't win that award. Tracks, teams, drivers, anyone at the OEM partners, anyone affiliated with the sport won that award. That the fans did. for showing up. Fans for showing up. Right. It was a proud moment. And I, I remember, so we, it was a virtual thing. Right. Usually it's in person. It was a virtual thing because of COVID. And right. I remember distinctly, and I was in this little room, you know, in case we won, I had to give a speech, which, whatever. <laughs> and so, and I thought for sure we were not going to win. I, I actually believe, and I'll, I'll brag on this, I think we deserve to win. Really? I think we had a better year than anyone. I really do. And, I was, and it was hard to break through what I'll call a stick and ball bias, right? Mm-hmm. Motorsports has never won uh, any, uh, you know, that ward, right? It's always, always, always been the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, or Major League Soccer, right. NHL. Have won every single award except for one time, the 2012 Olympics. And when she said NASCAR, I'm like, she said NASCAR. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me ask you a question. Who was the president? <laughs> who, who's, who's, who's our president? Yeah, who was the president who led that? <laughs> that was me. Yeah! Yes! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.